0: This is the Taz and Jim podcast.
1: 20 seconds
0: remaining.
2: The Golden Knights start to celebrate on their bench. The silver trophy to the Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights,
3: Stanley Cup champions, and a guy who was in the building last night. It's quite possible that this human being has been at more Stanley Cup finals than anyone else on the planet Dave Sanford from NHL Images joins us. He's one of the best sports photographers out there. Dave, what are we up
0: to now?
1: Uh, That was my 25th Stanley Cup championship.
0: Holy. (laughs) You might have been to more Stanley Cup uh, finals than the guy who carries the cup around with the white gloves. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, well, I don't think I'm quite up to that uh, level yet.
0: But there's a few
1: people that have a few more under their belt than I do. But, um, but, yeah, 25 is is pretty special. It's a milestone for sure.
3: Final score last night, 9-3 Golden Knights over the Panthers. Is, is that one of the biggest drubbings in a Stanley Cup final you've witnessed? It, yeah,
1: it absolutely is. Um, I was saying a game that I've never seen a, a game so lopsided in the final, not in my career.
3: It looked like the fans were going crazy. They were. Is hockey in the desert the real deal? What was it like to be in that building?
1: Yeah, this is definitely one of the best atmospheres in the entire NHL. The fan fans here are fantastic. Um, there's there's a cool vibe in the city. Um, everywhere you go, people have. You know, Golden Knights. You know, memorabilia, paraphernalia, on whatever, Um, and the building is always rocking. It's it's super loud, and the fans are into it,
0: and it is a really fun place to see a hockey game. I wasn't sure what to expect. It was like the the fans were fired up right away. Um, but they're they're. I'm like, do they even understand what's going on in the game or are they just there to get drunk? But they're like cheering at when they're dumping the puck on a penalty kill. Like they're, 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 they know know what's going on. Yeah. They're not just hammered. Uh, I, I think that, you
1: know, in some of the, some of the markets I've been to, you know, the fan base isn't, they're not like the, the most educated hockey fans. But it's a mix here. It, I've seen a big difference from, you know, six years ago when they were in the Stanley Cup, whereas you saw more of that just kind of – just just to be here, something new, you know. But now there's, there, there's more educated fans than you think, I would say.
3: Yeah, it happened in Florida, too. I, I remember going to uh... – the Tampa Bay Lightning games early on, and it's like people just went to see what ice looked like down in Florida.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not even a drink?
3: (laughs) But then they won the Stanley Cup, and you went in there, and people actually knew the rules of hockey. How close did you get to 50 Cent last night? He was getting the crowd riled up, spinning (laughs) that air horn before the game started.
1: They don't let me near any of the celebrities at all.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So where were you positioned for most of the game last night, Dave Sanford?
1: Um, I was in um, the end where Vegas attacked in the the first and uh, third period, um, down in one of the corners. And then, um, yeah, I also had a remote camera up in the the catwalk looking down on the net in the far end. So it allows me to get an alternate angle.
3: Have you gone through the pictures? What's the favorite shot from last night? Um,
1: one of my favorites was actually from the remote camera of the, of the what would be the, the fourth goal, which is the cup-winning goal um, by Smith. And, um, and then just, I think, Stone with the cup after the game the the just the pure emotion um on his face when he always said the cup was just incredible it was awesome so um they're they're some of my favorites for sure
3: yeah the captain was pretty excited there He had uh, a lot of those boys we were talking to our friend brent fitz who's a a rock drummer who lives in vegas and he's originally from Winnipeg, and he's saying the Vegas Golden Knights are basically just the Brandon Wheat Kings uh, transported. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure Fitzy was loving that moment last night too. What was the celebration like afterwards? Did you get to go in the uh, in the dressing room and take pictures of the guys as they celebrated? I did, yes. Um,
1: I'm, I'm one of the, the lucky few that have the opportunity to get to go in the room after each cup and um this was uh, we were saying it was kind of a you know a little more subdued than we thought we uh both on the ice and in the locker room um don't get me wrong it wasn't you know like crickets or anything it was still a, a lot of fun and crazy hmm. but um i kind of judge them by how wet i am when i leave the locker room (laughs) and there's some years where it looks like i just went swimming and um covered in champagne and beer and this year uh my back half was soaking wet but my front half was kind of dry and um sounds like a night out in
0: vegas to me i don't know (laughs)
1: yeah yeah Yeah, it was just, it, it wasn't a real, as, as, I guess, as crazy as we were, some of us were expecting it to be. It was still a, a lot of fun. Um, the guys were having a blast and it was a lot of champagne and beer. But yeah, I, I have seen a few crazier um, hmm. locker rooms after games.
3: We always like to ask who was the guy that was leading the, the charge with the party in the locker room? <sighs>
1: um,. Marsha show, I, I would say, like he, he kind of took charge, took the cup and, and was, you know, the leader of, of passing out the, the drinks, you know, <laughs> as in like holding the cup and, and allowing everybody to drink from it. So um, he was and, and then um, Martinez as well. He was pretty funny. He had a uh, like a, a this Golden Knights. Helmet on, like a like an actual night helmet, <laughs> and he was wearing that the entire time in the locker room and just being a real ham. Um, <laughs> so it was a lot of fun uh, to see him as well. So, and that was his third Stanley Cup. So he was he knows how to knows, knows how, how to, to do, do it.
3: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: All
3: yeah. right. Well, Dave Sanford, uh, we look forward to seeing some of the pictures that you took last night and another feather in your cap. Twenty five Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, We look forward to hearing about 26 next year, buddy. Awesome. This has become a great tradition. (laughs) (laughs) You get some rest. Yeah, you always get a call from Taz and Jim before you're allowed to go to bed after the Stanley Cup. Uh, Exactly. Good luck sleeping in Vegas, by the way. I hear you get 24 (laughs) hours before your flight. So if you're not sleeping, I'm sure you can find something to keep yourself busy.
1: Uh, There's always something to do in Vegas, yes.
3: (laughs) Dave Sanford, NHL Images. What a pro. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: the Stanley Cup! Here's
3: our sports guy, Devin Peacock. Let's talk Stanley Cup final last night. I I had a feeling you were going to take this route
2: with the conversation, Dev. Where was this Florida Panthers a couple of weeks ago when they were playing the Leafs? Nine to three? <laughs> Man, a <alive>. lie. <laughs> it's
3: true. Leaf fans, the Leaf players must have been watching that game last night going,
2: uh, WTF? Sergei He uh, He went off a cliff. I mean, that... It's more than that, but at the at its core, that's what happened to the Florida Panthers. He was dynamite for them in the final three games against Boston. He was dynamite against Toronto. He was dynamite against Carolina. And then against Vegas, he went back to being a pumpkin. <laughs> Did Vegas not just overwhelm them? Because
0: they played well and they were bringing it all game. But I'm I mean, even like midway through the game, the t- the shots were tied, so it's not like they were out shooting them.
2: Full credit to Vegas; they played very well. But they have a physical team. They have a a big defense that was able to keep uh, the Florida sh- uh, Florida forwards away from the net. So while they can get shots, are they getting quality shots? Are they good shots? Are they quality scoring chances? The Florida Panthers were never able to find. The their rhythm in this series, and this is the result.
3: Now, how do you feel as a Leaf fan that the Vegas Golden Knights, in in their five-year existence, seem to be making regular deep playoff appearances?
2: Well, I mean, here's the thing about the Vegas Golden Knights. They are cutthroat. So you look at how they have operated. Uh, Gerard Gallant was their original coach. Did great, got rid of him. Brought in Pierre DeBoer, who was coaching San Jose, their rivals. He did fine for them until Bruce Cassidy came along. They got rid of Peter DeBoer. Uh, they had brought in Marc-Andre Fleury. He did great for them until he wasn't. So they have been very cutthroat in terms of getting that Stanley Cup victory. So you have to really kind of admire it because... They have had one singular focus, not that other teams don't, but they have been, I would say, more cutthroat than other teams in the NHL have been in the couple of, past couple of years, and it just paid dividends for them.
3: Do you think the Leafs should have been more cutthroat when it came to uh, Dubas and Keefe not performing to...
2: Yes. I mean, look at what they're talking about right now. Bradtree Living is saying, uh, I'd, I'd like to keep the core four together. Should you? I mean, we have a whole body of evidence here that suggests they can't get past the second round. Finally, they got into the second round. Contracts might dictate that one of the core four is going to move. I would move William Delander myself. But you have to make changes. If you have all this evidence showing what you are doing right now is not working, you have got to change. It's not change for change's sake. It's change because you need to make that move. Speaking of speaking of leaves how do you feel about castle Phil oh. Kessel getting another
0: Stanley Cup ring. Hey. Except he didn't play a single minute in he the didn't finals.
2: Play, but you know what? Good for Phil. <laughs> okay, should they have dressed dinner. Phil Kessel? Should they have dressed him for at least one game in the final? No. I mean like the, based on the way they were playing, they should have kept everything. Again, they're a cutthroat. So Phil Kessel, great player, but he's not fitting what they're doing right now, <laughs> so you're not on the ice. He's sitting there in the stands eating hot dogs, waiting to get his next
3: ring.
0: Living the dream. Cuckoo! <laughs> This is the Taz and Jim Podcast.
3: I was shocked to see this headline. Uh, The company behind Instant Pot, which was founded in Canada, has filed for bankruptcy. This is a global news story.
0: You know Instant Pot, Jim. Oh, it was everywhere. Like three years ago, everybody was talking about Instant Pot every day. And then the air fryer came in (laughs) and stole its thunder. Truly. They're kind of the same thing, aren't they? I don't know. I We have both and I've never used either. Instant Pot is basically like uh, an
3: express slow cooker. Like okay. my wife makes like, like... a quick cooker. Yeah, like roast, you know, pork loins in there. She'll do risotto, stuff that takes a little longer in a, in a slow cooker. Chili you can make in the Instant Pot. Uh, the air fryer is more for crisping stuff up, like if you want fries or... chicken yeah, it's a
0: fryer okay yeah that makes sense yeah
3: so I I, we use both in our house I'd say we use our instant pot twice a week Hmm. maybe it's great if you forget to defrost
0: the meat you can throw it in there oh yeah and it cooks pretty fast nice you don't use yours often Uh, I like my wife does but I I don't even know how to use it I've never used a slow cooker in my life I've never (laughs) I've never slow cooked anything not even grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I'll barbecue them up <laughs> by accident.
3: So this uh, this instant brands company is filing for bankruptcy in U.S. bankruptcy court. Founded in Canada, but currently they are based outside of Chicago, and uh, they say they have at least five hundred million dollars in assets and liabilities. I guess their spending just got carried away. I thought, you know, every household was buying an Instant Pot, which is great until everyone has one, I guess.
0: Yeah, once everybody... And by the way, you see a ton of them at thrift stores. So I don't know if it's like a novelty thing, because that's a bad sign, and people aren't using them for an extended period of time. But a lot of times when these things are like... When they pop off, it's almost like a tech... Uh, tech bubble, you have all this money because the the fad is happening, and then you start trying to reinvest in other Insta brands. Maybe you have like the Insta microwave or whatever else they're spinning off into, and then that stuff doesn't catch, and then they realize they're in way over their head. One money-wise. trick pony.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's too bad. The CEO said in a statement, the company is facing global macroeconomic and geopolitical challenges. The geopolitics.
0: <laughs> what is going on? The war in Ukraine is leading to Instapot sales going down? More the
3: interest rates and the tightening of credit terms. Okay, that makes more sense. Has made their capital structure unsustainable and has deleted it, depleted its cash. So if you have an instant pot, take care of it. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Ecuador, 76-year-old, Bella Montoya was pronounced dead at uh-huh. the hospital on Friday. Stroke cardiac arrest. They put her in the coffin. We're getting ready for the funeral. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> and her son heard a knock coming from inside the coffin. They opened it up, realized that Bella was breathing. She was still alive. Oh. Wow. Yeah, there's video of it. Actually, it's uh, this is a global news story I'm looking at here, and it's uh, it's pretty wild. Coffin opens, they pull her out, they put her on a stretcher, take her back to the hospital. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> Whoopsie doodle! That is wild. You hear about this every once in a blue moon. Occasionally, somebody's in a casket or in the coroner's like refrigerator thing—the stainless steel chamber or whatever yeah. they have, where they slide and you in and out. How much would that freak you
3: out as a coroner? It would it'd oh, be tough yeah. to. It would be be tough after actually hearing somebody knock from inside that that refrigerator door oh, to totally. not hear the knocks constantly moving forward. <laughs>
0: And if you if you live in Texas and you just watch Zombie Land, you know you'd be very tempted to double tap whatever body's coming out. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, use caution. Yeah, use caution when you open that casket. Just I have the holster ready. Uh,
3: the woman's son, Gilberto, says that the incident gave everyone quite a fright. My mom was wrapped in sheets, hitting the coffin. approached. We could see that she was breathing heavily. Um, Mm. She is in the intensive care unit right now. That's the thing. When somebody is pronounced dead and then they're put in a coffin, it's rare you hear about them Bouncing back and living another 40 years.
0: <laughs> it's not like they just took a really long nap and they're right. tap dancing as they come oh out. boy, Ooh. I feel refreshed. It's <laughs> I usually needed like, that. Oh, darn, I'm not dead yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's more like, yeah, please kill me. <laughs> I'm in so much
3: pain. But
0: uh, good for this family. They get a little more time with mom. Now... That would be a great prank. You know, you know, buddy who's always prank a prankster. Your buddy Hudson, I bet you could pull one of these moves off where you, where you have like an automatic knocker inside a casket. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they live stream a lot of funerals now. Yeah. Like that would be
3: funny. One last gag. You put a walkie talkie in there and go in the other room and you're like,
0: let me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, recording <laughs> a talk boy. This is the
3: Taz and Jim podcast. Canadian Open. Finally won by a Canadian, first time in almost 70 years on the weekend. Nick Taylor got her done, and when he sunk that eagle putt on 18 during the playoff uh, against uh, Fleetwood, the crowd went crazy. Everyone wanted to get close to Taylor to congratulate him. And one of those guys was a listener of ours. Um, His buddy actually sent us a message, said, I heard you guys talking about the guy who broke his leg at the canadian open on the weekend that was my buddy andre would you like to give him a call and we said absolutely hello andre hey how's it going you break your leg at the canadian open on the weekend
4: i sure did oh boy (laughs) (laughs)
3: it's
0: a little too much excitement for some guys huh
4: yeah, a little too much, but uh, we'll we'll be back out there hitting triple bogeys in no time.
0: <laughs> so, how did you break your leg? Because this happened when Nick Taylor hit the huge putt on the 18th hole. Adam had when another pro golfer was tackled by security, but you also ran on the green at that time or tried to.
4: Yeah, I guess uh, I guess I wasn't close enough to him to get tackled, but uh, we were all rushing the green, um, and I don't know. I went to jump the fence. We just got a little. Little water, a uh, little rain, right before that putt. Obviously, mm. so uh, jumped the uh, jumped the rope there, landed wrong, and um, yeah, my ankle was pointing at the green. Ah
0: oh, no, I'm surprised I haven't seen any video of it on any of the broadcasts or anybody's cell phone. Is there video of the the tragic fall anywhere?
4: Um, not of the fall itself. There's there's one guy who's filming, um, and he kind of panned around to me about. 10 seconds after it happened. Still that lying is, on the but, ground? Yeah, you you can't see my upper body. You can just see my legs kind of mangled up there. Um, <laughs> oh, man. and, uh, there there is some footage of me in the stretcher too, I think on on Instagram somewhere. That's too bad.
3: You know, if you're going to if you're going to wipe out like that, at least it could have made national television. <laughs> hey, well, it made made national radio, so. <laughs> All oh. right. What's the diagnosis? You, like is it a full break or
4: yeah so i snapped my uh my tibula and my fibula um they did surgery on monday night uh put a rod in there so i've just got a a cast on here for the next couple weeks and we're just gonna watch how it goes i think it's gonna be a good four to six months recovery though no way are you a
0: golfer yourself
4: yeah i am yeah this summer
0: Dang, buddy (laughs) Was it worth it? Because it was an iconic
4: moment. Like, I You'll mean... always have this story to tell. I'll, I'll do it again next year for Corey Gonner's win. <laughs> yeah, buddy.
3: Andre, get well soon. Let us know if you want us to sign your cast, okay? All right. Sounds good, Jim. Thanks, guys. Are you in the hospital right now? Yes, sir. Oh God, yeah, I just heard the, hear the beeping. You're still in there, right? You're a trooper, buddy. <laughs> Holy hell. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. We were talking yesterday on the show, Jim, about how the heat that we've had early in the season could cause more mosquitoes in the area mm-hmm. over the summer months. Well, maybe it's not the mosquitoes that we should be concerned with, uh, maybe it's the. Burlington Rabies Bats. Oh Lord, this doesn't. The BRBs. Sound good. <laughs> it sounds like a uh, like a minor league baseball team.
0: Yeah, the Rabies
3: Bats. <laughs> he in town tonight. The Burlington Rabies Bats tonight. Burlington has bat rabies. They've discovered the first case this year. A bat infected with rabies was found in Aldershot. Um, experts are saying if you are bitten by a bat, ask uh, someone to help you wash the area with water and soap and then seek medical attention.
0: (laughs) Okay. So when do you turn into a vampire then? (laughs) What's the time frame here? Yeah, I guess rabies couldn't be
3: the worst case scenario getting bitten (laughs) by a bat. But uh, yeah, immediately seek... Medical assistance. Hamilton is saying that there could be a rabies outbreak because two bats in the Hamilton area have tested positive as well for rabies. Jeez. They are just not a fun creature. Terrifying looking. I know they're good. Like, they may actually help with the, the bug overpopulation. hmm They eat bugs, don't they? They do, but not when they're thirsty for blood. <laughs> not when they got when, their rabies on n- the mind. Not when their mouths are foaming.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Swooping down out of the air. Yeah, oh yeah, it's my crazy. God. You'll
0: hear a stat and it'll be like a bat in, in one week will eat 5,000 mosquitoes. <laughs> like it's always an outrageous amount of bugs they will eat. I would like to be more appreciative to the bats, but they're just so
3: ugly. Yeah. And terrifying looking. Yeah. The one got caught in your hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Flap it around. <laughs> it would not be a fun experience. But again, this is serious. If mm-hmm. you get bitten by a bat, <laughs> wash the area and call a doctor. All right.